Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Amen. Well, you've already heard me talk a little bit, and I'm just getting started with the message. I've been really eager for this message as I look forward to this series, which I've been looking forward to for for a lot of months, actually. This series, Per Capita, is one that's pretty near and dear to my heart. Uh, And if you weren't here last week, let me just give you a really, really brief overview. Per capita is usually a statement used for statistical comparisons. It's saying there, there are a certain number of coffee you know, coffee shops per person in a city. But the the original word actually comes from the Latin term, which means upon every head. When it's typically used for comparison, I think that we have the opportunity to look at this statement in just a little bit different way because the Bible says that God gives gifts to everyone upon each of their heads. It's like he pours out specific, unique, faith-filled favor. Last week I I spoke a message, favor ain't fair. And I'm telling you, I don't want a God who deals in fairness. A God who says, I have this much grace and this many people to divide it amongst. And so I'm going to be even towards everyone. God is not equal and even. He is unique and loving and he knows what is fit for us just right. And so I believe this. He has a gift for you. And if you don't yet know what that gift is, this is the journey that we're on. This journey of discovery. Every Sunday this month, every hub night this month, and all of our sessions at at Vivid Conference, we're going to be talking around spiritual gifts and this idea that God is giving something unique to each one of us. A grace placed upon our lives like a garland of grace, like a crown of love and compassion. He fills our lives with good things. I'm so grateful that God's not fair. I'm so grateful that He's actually a God of grace and favor. And uh, grace means unmerited favor. And grace is actually the original Greek word used for every time it talks about spiritual gifts. When God gives gifts, He is extending grace. Meaning this, that your gift was unearned and undeserved. You're gifted. But it's not because because you're just born this way. You're gifted because God loves you and he loves the people around you and he's wanting to use the grace he puts upon your life to change and affect their lives as well. Well, if you're taking notes today, the, the title of the message is Give and Go. Give and Go. Anybody here play sports? Okay, if you played sports, you know what I'm talking about. A give and go, it's a, a pretty simple play. A give and go, whether you're playing basketball, hockey, soccer, a, a give and go is that concept that I have the ball or the puck and I'm going to pass it to someone else. But after I do, I'm going to keep moving with the expectation that it's going to come back to me. I'm going to pass and move. I'm going to give and then I'm going to go. Today as we look at spiritual gifts, I want us to, to frame it in this way of thinking. And this morning, I, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if there would be some who don't know what give and go means. Like they just might not understand what it means. So what would be the most basic definition of give and go? So I went on Google and I typed in give and go. And you know, it took me three and a half pages before a definition of the term actually came up. Interestingly, in in, in place of the definition, there was brands who used the term give and go. There was companies that were like give and go marketing, give and go carpet and flooring, give and go whatever. There was all of these different uses of the word give and go without the definition ever actually 
being described. I thought that was so interesting and, and it actually applies in many ways to the way that we look at spiritual gifts. So often we just use them to define other things, but we've never stopped to consider what they really are. So we're like, oh, that's prophetic. Wow, that's incredible faith. That's great encouragement. We look at these, these, these things that are listed as gifts of the Spirit, but we've never stopped to consider, well, what does prophetic actually mean? What actually constitutes wisdom or a miracle or divine faith? Today I'm going to do my best to unpack a little bit of that in this whole give and go concept. I love sports. I love playing them. I also love observing them and watching them. There's something so beautiful about a sport that's played selflessly. When, when the ball is moving as if it is its own living thing. You watch a, a team that really plays like a team, not isolation play, but really playing like a team. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. You know, many people refer to, to soccer or football as the beautiful game. And one of the statistics that's actually uh, taken in soccer is how many touches a person has. Not, not how many times they do something super effective or they score a goal or they assist a goal. Those things are, are measured as well. But one of the measurements is simply how many times do they touch it. How many times have they received a gift and then passed it on? How many times are they willing to give and then go? This is what it looks like when a church is functioning the way God has designed it to. It's like the gifts that he gives are flowing easily, freely, gracefully, beautifully, and, and everybody's moving in sync. Now that doesn't just happen by accident. That happens really with some incredible purpose. It actually happens according to the design that, that God has for spiritual gifts. And so if I'm going to help kind of parse what it means to give and go, uh, I, I want to dive into this. Th this word parse maybe isn't one you use. I, I love it. As I study the Greek language, you're always parsing. You are cutting up sentences into their, their constituent pieces and seeing how they fit together. And so today, I want to kind of parse these spiritual gifts and say, can we chop this up and see what part each gift plays in the church? And as we do, let me give you five mindsets that we need to have about gifts, okay? Five mindsets about spiritual gifts. And to help you, uh, they start with P-A-R-S-E, parse. Number one, if we're considering spiritual gifts, we need to think less about platform and more about parking lot. Okay, spiritual gifts are less about platform and more about the parking lot. The parking lot is usually seen as the, the extension of a property. And so when people think church, they can tend to think that the, the platform is this most important type of place and the parking lot is on the fringes. Well, guess what? Spiritual gifts are not intensifying as you get closer to the platform. We need giftings for the platform and the parking lot. And we need to do everything we can to kind of deconstruct that idea that if I get more and more gifted, then I will become more and more prominent on people's social feeds, more and more prominent with a microphone in my hand. Guess what? We need giftings for everything that the church does. We need to be gifted for everything that we do. So we need to think more about parking lot and less about platform. We need to think more, God, where do you have me right now? And what gifting are you working in me so that I can do this the best that I can? You know, some people are despising their own gift because they're comparing with someone else's. 
Some people are, are overlooking doing the thing that they're asked to do the best they can because they wish they were doing something that someone else was asked to do. And guess what? That person might be comparing back to you as well. Oh, what a foolish thing it is. That's why Paul says to the Corinthians, when we compare ourselves to ourselves, we're not wise. So if we're thinking spiritual gifts, let's think more about parking lot, less about platform. Number two, let's think more about advancement and less about advantage. So often we, we think of our spiritual gift per, potentially as our advantage. God has given me the gift of wisdom and so I have an advantage over people who don't have that gift of wisdom. That's not the right way to look at gifts at all. In fact, the call for you and I is that we would properly steward the gift of wisdom to help the church advance. Our mandate is that whatever gift we've been given, we would use to bless others. That's why in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says we need to properly steward the grace that's upon our life in every word we speak and in every deed that we put our hand to. God's gifted us uniquely. Like he's gifted you in such a beautiful, unique way that's different even than your roommate or your spouse or your parent or your child or the, the person who's looking back at you on the screen right now. We're, we're gifted differently. And each of us is required to steward that gift well to help the church advance, to help the message of the gospel advance. It's not our advantage. It's about advancement. It's about how can I use what I've been given to serve. Number three, we need to consider... Uh, that, that gifts are more about responsibility and less about reward. Let me say it again. It's more about responsibility and less about reward. I want to consider more the responsibility that comes with my gift than the reward that it is. Guess what? Your gift is not a trophy. There, 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 there's no trophy like first place for the gift of service. That's just not how it works. There's no medal that you hang around your neck saying, this person right here, that's the medal for mercy. This is not the Boy Scouts or the Girl Guides. We don't do these things for badges. It's a responsibility, not a reward. You know, in our household, uh, so often we try to properly administer treats and, and food. Like, like think about ice cream. And in my family, with the number of people that are in the family, if everyone's going to have some ice cream, the, the amount that goes in each bowl is not exactly the same. It's tailor-made. For, for Kezia, who's 16, or Sophie, who just turned 15 this week, shout out to Sophie, happy birthday, they get a different portion than Zion, who's two. It just makes logical sense. And so Jennifer, in her wisdom, is administering the proper amount uh, of, of ice cream, let's call that grace, to each person. And then often she'll say, to one of the kids, hey, can you bring this to your siblings? Imagine if they were to look at a tray full of bowls of ice cream and say, wow, I have seven bowls of ice cream. It'd be so inappropriate. We'd be like, no, those aren't yours. You have a responsibility to make sure they get where they need to go. It's not your reward that you now are going to eat all seven. It's your responsibility to make sure they get to where they need to go. The same is true of gifting. If you've been gifted, God is expecting of you the responsibility that you'd get that gift to where it needs to go, which, by the way, is for the exhortation, the growth, the comfort, the advancement of the church. So if you're gifted, it's a big responsibility. You know what's interesting too? Imagine, imagine let's, let's say Arrow, he's eight years old. He's walking through the kitchen and Jennifer says, hey, can you take this ice cream to your siblings? Imagine if he said, wow, I'm the ice cream delivery man. Mom picked me for a reason. Guess what the reason probably was? He was available. He was present. 
and he's shown himself to be responsible for doing a task like that. How do you grow in your giftings? Be available, be present, and show yourself faithful to be responsible with what you have. I know this is simple. I know we're talking ice cream, but so often we get hung up on a list of gifts and we never actually see them for the way they should. In a proper give and go, we're saying, God, thank you for giving me this gift. I'm going to give it away and keep on moving. I'm going to allow myself there to be a current that flows through me, your grace into my life, and I'm looking to give it away to bless the people around me. So it's more about parking lot, less about platform. It's more about advancement, less about advantage. It's more about responsibility and less about reward. S, it's more about symphony and less about a sound check. Now all the musicians in the room, you immediately know what I'm talking about. There's that always that person in a sound check, you know who they are, maybe you've been that person, who, who loves to go to the favorite song they've ever played, that riff, that drum fill, the thing that they know to play, and they just keep on doing it over and over and over again, and, and they do it with the expectation, it doesn't really matter what else is happening around me, I want to do this thing. And if you've ever tried to run a sound check, in a church setting, there's always the one musician where like, hey, yeah, we got you. We don't need any more. We're good. And I think the same can be true in, in spiritual gifts. There's always that person that's like, I am a leader. And they're constantly putting forward the thing that they do. But really the thing that, that you do and the thing that I do has to work in symphony. It's more like playing the triangle in the Philharmonic where you say, I, I play a really small part in a really big and beautiful sound. God is working in us to make this big, beautiful sound, the sound of His grace and mercy being expressed to the world. Imagine that. He wants to give us one heart and one mouth so we might glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in this world. That's a beautiful thing. Not one of us could accurately depict the fullness of God's grace. That's why we're all needed. That's why the gift on your life is so necessary. It's more about a symphony than a sound check. It's not about you getting out that riff that you want everyone to hear. It's about how do I play a part in the whole. Are we getting this? Is this good? Okay, last one. It's more about everyone and less about the elite. So often we think that gifts are for the elite. We look at someone and say, wow, they're so gifted. You're gifted too. And sometimes we look at our own gift and we go, wow, I'm gifted. Well, everybody else is gifted too because God loves his church and God loves this world and he wants to use us to spread his message of grace to the world. So gifts are for everybody. For everybody. For everybody. Yeah, for everybody. Because as you're thinking, you're like, well, no, yeah, come on now, Pastor, not everyone. No, literally, God wants to gift everyone. He has poured out his grace uniquely upon everyone. If you're watching this right now, you're gifted. And you are a gift to this community and to the world around us. And if we can get this thing right, God is going to use us to do incredible things in our day and in our time. So now let me parse some of the gifts, okay? Now, interestingly, as you look at those gifts with this mentality in mind, you can find different lists all over the place. Some people say, what are the 16 spiritual gifts? Others say, what are the 12 spiritual gifts? Some say, there are about five spiritual gifts, and which are they? Some 
group them this way. They say there are gifts of, of uh, like head, gifts of heart, and gifts of hand. Kind of an interesting way to look at them. Others look at gifts and they say there are kingly type gifts and those are gifts of leadership and administration and there are priestly type gifts and then there are our, uh, prophetic type gifts. Also kind of an interesting way to put it. Some group the gifts this way, and they say there are gifts that are for inside the church, and then there are gifts that are for outside the church, like for building us up and then for growing us, or, or for going deeper and then going wider. All of these ways are so interesting. But generally speaking in the Bible, there are about four different places where, where the apostles list a series of gifts. I think the most important thing we need to understand, the implication would be this, that there are more gifts than are listed right here. There's not one list that you'd say, this is the comprehensive list of all the ways God gifts people. Why? Because gifts, they come to us by two different means. Ready? Number one, they come by requirement. Number two, they come by request. God gives people according to the requirements of the needs around them and according to their request. That's true. We can actually grow in our giftings and we can seek out gifting that is going to meet a need. So the gifts of God are probably more diverse than we thought. And in fact, he gives his gifts in this diverse distribution where the end recipient is really the church as a whole and not the individual. I'll, I'll keep on hammering that. But if you're gifted with wisdom, that wisdom is not yours. That wisdom is for someone else. And so you need to humbly say, how can I administer this gift of wisdom to help the people around me? Now, in addition to this, these kind of comprehensive lists, and we're, we're going to kind of look through them, in addition to those lists, there are just kind of one-off gifts that, that seem to be mentioned in Scripture. Like in 1 Corinthians 7, 7, it mentions the gift of celibacy. Now that's a gift if you have. It's truly a grace because to live a celibate life would require a lot of grace. In the very same passage, it references marriage as a gift. Why? Because to do marriage right, it requires a lot of grace. All the married people said amen, they just didn't say it too loud, okay? That's how it goes. But there, are, there is a grace required for marriage, there's a grace required for celibacy. There is a grace required in 1 Peter 4.9 for hospitality. There's a grace required in, in Romans 8.26 for intercession, that's praying for others. In the book of Acts, it, it continually talks about this gift of effective witness. If you go way back to the Old Testament in Exodus 35, it talks about the gift of craftsmanship, being able to craft and design in artistic ways. Wow, God really does give gifts according to what is required and what is requested. So let me look very quickly and just give a list. We'll kind of parse it and we'll go through this list and say this is what these things mean. I don't think we're going to come out of the service today saying now I know what my gift is, but I hope we come out of it saying now I understand some of the ways that God gifts people. I see some of the requirements around me and I'm going to begin to request that God uses me in some of these ways as he sees fit and as he pours out his grace in my life. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, I just got to flip a couple pages in this windy, outdoor, 
environment. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, one of the, the great comprehensive lists of gifts. And then also if you could keep your finger there or keep a bookmark there and flip over to Romans chapter 12. We will just look at these two lists today. We might not even get through them in the time we have allotted, but guess what? God's still going to pour out his gifts. So Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You got both of them there? Awesome. Well, in Romans chapter 12, it says uh, this. You could go down uh, to verse... 6, if you would. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. Remember that? We talked about it last week. It's that grace upon your head. Different gifts according to the grace given upon us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouragement, then encourage. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's leading, do so diligently. If it's showing mercy, do so cheerfully. Well, in this passage, it lists seven different gifts. Number one, it's less prophecy. So prophecy is this gift that God gives. Prophecy is essentially inspired insight, where God would give an inspirational insight to a person and say, here's what's going to happen. It's often predictive, and sometimes it's actually just helping us understand the moment or the season we're in, but God gives this insight to, to a person to inspire other people. If you have the gift of prophecy, your primary responsibility is to steward inspiration well. To say, I've been given some insight, what should I do with this so that it's useful to inspire people, not condemn, not look down upon, not, not isolate, but to bring together. He talks about service. Service, it comes from the Greek word for being a waiter. If you're called to serve, I, I think Pastor Dustin did a great job this week at Hub talking about service. It's administering to others, meeting the needs around them. Some translations use the word ministry. This is what ministry is, to serve the people around us. So if you're a person who constantly is seeing the needs in others, it might be that God has given you the gift of service and you see some needs that you can uniquely Phil, that's a, a gift that the church needs. It's a gift that the world needs. Then it speaks about teaching. You know, teaching, it comes from the root word to learn. It essentially means this, to cause to learn. If you're a teacher, you find yourself inspired by causing others to learn. You want to share what you know so that they understand things better. That's an incredible gift. And, and if you're someone who's looking around saying, why don't they know that? How come they don't understand that? Maybe God has made you a teacher. And now your responsibility is how can I steward well the responsibility to make sure what I know is communicated in a way that it's understood, in a way that can be digested and applied. It talks about exhortation or encouragement. Essentially, you could just say this, comfort, gift of comfort. You might look around and see brokenhearted people all around you. You might have the gift of encouragement or exhortation to say, I could meet that need with a few words, with my presence, with a, a relatable story, whatever it might be. That's the gift of, an, of exhortation or encouragement. Then there's a gift of giving. To give is to share or to release something to somebody else. Man, we need more and more people in our church with a gift of giving because we see readily and availably the needs around us all the time. God, use us in this gift of giving to pour out what we've entrusted to us and to, and to release it into the lives of other people, this gift of giving. Then there's a gift of leadership. To, to lead means to stand up and then to keep standing up. That's what it means to lead, to stay standing and then just to keep stay standing. Just to stand strong, to stand for what you believe, to be a standard for the people around you. 
It might be that you have incredible resilience to stand up when others would quit. You might be a leader. One of the greatest ways you can tell if you're a leader is, is anybody following you, for good or for bad? That's often how you tell if you have this gift of leadership. And then it talks about a gift of mercy. Mercy is to show compassion with your words and with your actions. Those are seven of the gifts the Bible lists. There's, there's certainly others. I'll go to 1 Corinthians 12 and we'll conclude with this, not because we have to hit every gift today, but I want you to see the diversity of gifts that are expressed in the scripture. So if you go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's start at verse 8, and we'll just read a couple verses here. It says this, To one there has been given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and another the gift of healing by that same Spirit, to another miraculous power, and to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, and to another speaking in different tongues, and to still another the ability to interpret those tongues. All of these are the works of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one as He determines. So it talks about wisdom. Wisdom means I know what to do. You might have the gift of wisdom when you know how to apply what you know. And then secondly, it says knowledge. Knowledge is not to know what to do, it's to know how things work. You look and you say, this is how this will work. You think systematically. You have an understanding of if I do this, it will cause and lead to that. You might have this gift of knowledge. I find often the gift of knowledge or the gift of wisdom, it just goes hand in hand with teaching because guess what? We get to stack these things. It's not just that you are given one gift. In fact, you might be given a gift for a time as it blesses the people around you. Oh, this is good. We got wisdom. We got knowledge. Then you got the gift of faith. Faith is the ability to rely on Jesus even when it would make sense to stop relying on Jesus. Faith is expressed through faithfulness. God, grow us in this gift of faith. Then you got a gift of healing. That one's pretty self-explanatory. You know, no, no, some, you've got this faith to say in a moment where you see sickness, God, use me. And God says you can use his name. I believe we should all pray for healing, but some are gifted uniquely for it. I believe we should all seek wisdom, and then some just have this incredible grace upon their head that God has poured out to them in favor. We should all serve, but some are uniquely gifted to serve. We should all show mercy, and then there's some. It's just so much easier and more effective when they do so. It talks about miracles. Those are signs of power. They often point back to Jesus and emphasize the message of Jesus. And then there's discernment. Discernment, similar to wisdom, similar to knowledge, but discerning of spirits is to know what is right, to be able to divide. It's like this judicial term, the way a judge can look at the case and say, that's right and that's wrong. That's what discernment looks like. And then you've got listed in these gift tongues, the ability to speak in languages that you've never learned or interpreting of tongues to understand languages that are spoken whew, that you've never learned. I've just listed a whole bunch of gifts. So about 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And then we talked about, you know, random ones like celibacy, marriage, hospitality, intercession. Oh, there's a diversity of gifts. Oh, God gives gifts as they are required and as they are requested. The main purpose and goal for each one of us is that we would steward and seek those gifts well. I'm gonna ask you now if you could, we're gonna to turn to 1 Peter, we're gonna close right here. Okay, this has been a message about giving and going. I hope that, that God has given you something, now we gotta go do something with it. In fact, even in this message, I started kind of more message-like and then I turned into a list and I'm kind of passing you that ball, expecting that you're gonna come back to me now and we can put some application into this, okay? First Peter. Chapter 4, 
Turn there with me, 1 Peter chapter 4 and, uh, and verse 11. Now just imagine that there might be someone who is watching this going, wait a second, you didn't list the gift that I like the most. You didn't list the thing that I feel most uh, connected to. This is only week two of our series. We're talking gifts uh, at hub night. We're talking gifts on Sundays. We're talking gifts at conference. We are going to get to as many as we possibly can. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, okay? We close with this. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very word of God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church Podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.